Hello and welcome to Finding Focus. This is a new podcast made by me, Christina Weber. I am a visual artist based in Edinburgh. This essentially aims to be a really informal chat between me and and a handful of photographers that I admire, talking a bit about how they kind of found their way into the photography industry and uh, on a particular project that I have asked them to, to talk about. So the first few episodes are with a photographer and good friend of mine called Zoe Hamill. Zoe was selected um, for the New Irish Works exhibition in 2019. She's also been involved with the New Photographers Guild at street level. Zoe co-founded Fresh Focus at Stills with myself and Erin Semple. Um, and there's a load of really interesting projects to have a look at on her website, including uh, Map Without Words, Tony's Ponies, that's all at zoehamill.com. This is definitely a, an experiment at this stage, and uh, due to the current situation, I have, do not have access to some of the equipment that I would like, but I thought it would be a good opportunity to just get the first few out there anyway, um, as I think people could use a, a pint and a chat right now. So uh, please let me know what you think. I really want to make these better and continue to improve, so... Uh, yeah, any support or advice would be great. Um, if you love it, please write a comment. <laughs> that would mean the world. It's actually taken a surprising amount of time to edit these together. Um, yeah, all support would be really, really lovely. Please enjoy. This is Finding Focus. We're going to talk a bit about your current work in progress which is called Control, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Um, would you mind introducing... I'll let you introduce the work, first of all, just a brief... Just like a synopsis. Okay. It is photographs of different horse tack, specifically the bits which go in their mouth, um, because there's loads of different kinds. They all do slightly different things, and they all have wonderful names that are very, very odd. And the more you think about it, the more the whole thing's quite odd. So that's why I'm photographing them. <laughs> now, this is super interesting because I've, having already talked about your kind of fascination with weird objects and photographing weird objects, this makes like loads more sense. <laughs> Not that it didn't make sense before, mm. but this is obviously a recurring theme. Yeah, it in kind your, of is. And <laughs> your kind of brain where you're just fascinated by strange objects and human uses and treatment of strange yeah. objects. Um, do you want to talk a bit about what made you pick these things to photograph and specifically why you photographed them the way that you have done? Yes. Um, this is... Well, I've, I've kind of... I've always been obsessed with horses. I just have. I don't know where it came from my whole life. been obsessed with them. Uh, whenever I was really little, I just used to read textbooks about them and, like, like literal textbooks as a child. It was, like, my bedtime stories were, like, these are all the bones of a horse. It's like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> amazing. Uh, all, like my geographical knowledge is mostly horse breeds because I know where they come from. Um, and <laughs> I don't know why. Like never had one. We never had, I didn't know anybody who had uh, horses. Like nobody in the family had them. Um, I would just like, like if we were driving in a car, I'd make my dad stop if we saw a horse and like get out and go and say hello to it. Um, and then I did go riding whenever I was old enough. I would go once a week to a riding school. And I've kind of just always, and then, but as I've grown up and like had a bit of 
distance from it and because I stopped for a while because it's really expensive over here and ridiculously expensive to go horse riding here. I sort of then re like looked at the relationship people have with horses is quite an odd one. I find it just really basically bizarre that like a big scared prey animal lets us sit on its back and tell it what to do. Tug it's, around in its mouth. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. weird. Um and so I've like I've photographed the, I've got a few projects sort of photographing horses and people with horses and I'll probably do more. Uh, but this sort of specifically came about then, I think from, like, I think it was like in a Fresh Focus meeting, because uh, I'd sort of been thinking about photographing them because they are strange objects and I'm interested because they look quite different. But then I don't think I'd realised how odd they look to people who don't have any experience with horses and how I did not realise how weird the names were until I said them to people <laughs> who didn't know what they were. We used to read horse textbooks as a kid so to you it's probably it's like, like totally normal. normal I didn't language. think that was weird at all and then as soon it was as soon as I said some of the names and people were just like what the fuck are you talking so about give us a few names go on because okay um there's egg butt snaffle is, is yeah, one of the classics like cartoon characters that's like the, that's a very standard there's also an egg butt McGuinness oh which I know um, there's a Norton Perfection, which I'm still looking for. I still want to get one of those to photograph it. There's a Kimberlick. Um, there's a Jointed Rugby Pelham. I one. mean, it sounds like a very out... Like, antique... And, well, I can't say that word, it. but yeah. Like, it sounds like a very outdated language. Like, mm. when we talk about things like, you know, like Google and Snapchat. And yeah, like, it's like a weird... Like, email. And then, <laughs> and then you've got, like... Kimberlick. The, the, the Kimblewick sounds kind of like an old country mm. pub, which I guess makes Ooh. sense in terms of rural like connections. Yeah. Um, so just to establish, you're buying you're buying these <laughs> items new. Yes, at the minute I am because I sort of had a I thought about, and I'm still maybe not totally decided um, if I liked. I kind of like something about the new ones that haven't been used. And they're very spotless and they're very shiny. And they almost look like medical. Flawless. Yeah. Or well, they're like, most of them are like stainless steel and yeah. stuff. So they're like, yeah, they're a bit surgical or something. Um, so at the minute I'm photographing those because I like the sort of weird cleanness of them. But I mean, there is also the option to photograph used ones because obviously they get worn. Um, they get sort of covered in grass, they get a bit rusty, they start to tarnish. So that could be interesting too, like giving hints to that usage uh, of them. So I'm not, but at the minute I'm photographing them off brand new. So I'm buying them off eBay. <laughs> Just get started. Very strange searches <laughs> on eBay. Um, and yeah, buying them photograph. Most of them aren't too expensive, although I, I need to save up to buy a few. Uh, and I could probably resell them, but like, it's probably more hassle than it's worth, to be so honest. It's just a bit weird that you're reselling a brand new horse bit that's not even been in a horse's mouth. Never used. Just looked at it a lot. It's like when I have, like, yeah, I've got a whole box of these horse bits. I'm like, don't the horse, by the way. <laughs> just have these. <laughs> so, so you're photographing these bizarre objects that, that most people, or, or, you know, a certain, a large percentage of people will have no 
point of reference for it. They won't know what they are, what they do, what they mean. You're photographing them in order to draw attention to the strangeness of the of the actual physical items, but but also to make a wider comment about elements of control and power. Is that correct? Am I yeah, because I think it's it's interesting to look at them in isolation. I'm doing that again, so um, like out of their context, and to look at them and then think about what we use them for. Because each of them will have, they're all these different weird names and shapes because they all have a different effect on the horse. So they're used for different things or to stop different things, to encourage different things. So then it sort of, to me, speaks about that uh, power dynamic between people and horses and, and how much of it hinges on very small things and uh, that this like one method of control really that's used. Um, or I mean, it's one of several. There are other things that are used to control them, but the idea that this little tiny piece of metal can control a one-ton animal, um, I think, is interesting. And also that they can be misused as well. They can. A lot of them are quite harsh and can be very harsh on the animal. Not all of them are, uh, but then I'm I'm kind of interested in that as well. Like the the back and forth. The horse is a big animal, but. It's the person that can cause a lot of pain sometimes to them, but also they can work in harmony mm. and it can be a partnership, of a, quite an equal partnership. And also a horse can kill you <laughs> quite easily too. Like they are dangerous animals to be around and they cause damage to people as much as people cause damage to them. So I'm kind of interested in that, where the power lies it's it's quite interesting as you are a huge fan of horses and, and like horse keeping that you're making what could be perceived as quite a critical project about domesticated horses yeah I think I, I'm, that's one of the things I struggle with as part of it is that I would like to find some way of showing both sides of it because I think it's very easy to look at them and think that's terrible isn't it awful what people do to horses and I think that comes from generally people not really understanding. And it's true that people do horrible things to horses and they don't um, treat them well. And a lot of it is sort of power and control for, for no, not for no reason, but in an unnatural way. But I also think it's very possible to have a very equal partnership. And there's plenty of, like at the end of the day, if the horse doesn't want you there, it's going to get rid of you yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I think is always the thing to come back to is like if it doesn't want you there you're not going to be there mm. um, so it's about not abusing that trust maybe yeah. more than anything else but yeah I think I would like to find some way of showing both sides of it so it doesn't come across as me being completely critical because I'm not necessarily I'm just interested in thinking about it but I don't think I necessarily have a view on one side or the other how do you plan to print and present them? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Hmm. Because I think if you printed them quite large and in a nice, a really nice print finish, you are at risk of totally fetishizing hmm. this kind of weird control horse bit kinkiness thing. Yeah. You well, how do you plan on approaching the the presentation of this? I'm. It's another part that I'm torn on. Is at the minute I'm trying to decide whether to stick with. Um, digital prints or there's a there's, I kind of like that idea of it being very clean and with digital I can do a bit more like manipulation of the images and really make it very sort of sterile and clean um, or 
I'm also like I do like darkroom prints of them because then that's sort of feeding into the fetish idea. Of they're like, really sexy prints, but yeah. also the idea of the time <laughs> spent on them and the yeah. you know the whole like the the value that's added. But the, is there a problem making these luxurious, really high quality darkroom prints, which is a, a luxury to make darkroom mm-hmm. prints now? To be fair. Is that something I don't know? Is is that in keep like because I know I'm I've been telling you that you should stick making the filmings that they're beautiful that you should sell them to kinky fuckers, <laughs> but I understand that that might not be in keeping with what you actually want to say because it is kind of reiterating this weird power hierarchy. Mm. I don't know. Is that are we just overthinking everything? Are we just too? I mean, I do. Yeah. Are we too I woke? Do. <laughs> <laughs> to um, I'm not sure. It's kind of interesting then to to think about it in terms of because I mean. Something that I like, something that I hadn't really thought about until more recently, and I think it's something that's different in Scotland than it is back home, is the sort of perception of horses and that the people that go along with it, and the idea of having horses is very much a part of privilege and upper classes, um, which I you, I get at home like that is part of it, but also very ordinary people have horses, and it's not necessarily a part of middle class or upper class life. It can be a part of everybody's life. It would be really great if you could make these really like like premium prints, sell them to all the like privileged horse people, and then like give the money to like horse shelters. Yeah. Like, that yeah. would be like this weird mm-hmm. photographic Robin Hood <laughs> for the good of the horses. <laughs> this is what I do. <laughs> but then am I commodifying their their pain? Yeah, but in order to buy them <laughs> treats, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, yeah, there's never, I don't think, yeah. a way to kind of mm. please all moral quandaries, mm. but it's it's a very interesting thing to consider especially in the production of the work mm-hmm. um, do you ever look at like whenever sometimes whenever I look at photographers like projects I'm just like oh, the money that must have cost you know or like just I think about yeah. it in terms yeah. of film I'm just like fuck me can you imagine yeah. <laughs> that all must, the that time that must have been so many rolls of film that must have been this much money like I can't help it that's just how it is so I think you just need to be aware of that and it doesn't mean you have to do anything about it but like don't deny it yeah, you know, exactly. It's part of it's part of what you do. So don't, don't lie about it. Don't but don't just consider it. it. Yeah, that's the point. Like for these ones, like if I'm thinking about these images, if I was gonna, I would think about them in terms of right. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make it really fucking plush. I'm gonna make it super luxe. They're gonna be expensive. They're gonna be framed with glass. They're gonna be like, you know, but. It would be on purpose. It would, it would be, be because this is to make yeah. it. This is what it's about. Exactly. Whereas, so whenever I see that in other, sometimes in other projects, I'm like, why does it have to be that expensive? Why does it have to be that luxury? I think it's because previously or up until now, we're still existing. But it's just how you it's expect, like yeah. art. I'm doing like little mm-hmm. inverted commas, like <laughs> art things to mm-hmm. be is that they have to be products of this kind of ridiculous body of resources and the, I think that the internet and I am a big big fan of the old internet at the moment but I think now people are starting to realise they can make stuff on their own terms mm. they don't need to make really delicious yeah. prints behind glass you can do things, you can exhibit and show and share work now in ways that you couldn't mm-hmm. potentially before and I think that's kind of shaking quite a lot of the yeah. art world because it's and like especially if that's what it's about, that's the thing that gets me yeah. I think about the project, think about what you're trying to say with it and then 
as well as photographing it, think about carrying it through into the yeah. presentation. That just makes sense to yeah. me, you know. So what is next for you and your bits? Horse, horse bits. Horse bits, <laughs> horse bits. Um, I do wish they had another name. Um, <laughs> Every time I see one of Zoe's bits in the dark room, I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's a nice one. <laughs> um, horse bits. Um, I think I would like to... I'm actually thinking I'd like to re-photograph them. Uh, maybe, because I kind of had decided I was going to stick with the way they were. But now that I look at them, I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe. How many bits do you have at present? I think at the minute I've got maybe five or six. Hmm. Um, so it's not like... I could, I could, I could do it. Um, because, yeah, I'm not sure if maybe... I, I thought I was there with the like the visual of how I wanted them to look and now that I've had a wee bit of time away from it I'm not sure I totally am um, so I might reshoot and I'd like to need to buy more shoot some more weird ones uh, might be worth, like the old ones again maybe I need to try some see what they look like the used ones I think um, that could be quite interesting because for people with absolutely no knowledge of what they're looking at and mm. if you presented it in a way where there was literally no supporting context for any of these bits um, I think seeing a new one and then seeing one that showed signs of use would kind of be it would both like help and hinder I think mm. your imagination would just start going wild yeah which is quite fun to play with people's mm. imagination I think that would be quite an interesting way to go with it mm-hmm. and I don't think there's any harm in photographing used ones. I mean, I don't know how yeah. you source. Tony. Oh, Tony has lots of them. So it could be, could be an option. Um, and the other thing I've been thinking about is is possibly pairing them with, not pairing them, but having them with something else as well. Because, as I say, I kind of want this idea of there being the balance of the relationship and there being a, a give and take. Yeah. But I'm not sure what I would pair them with. Or what would be alongside, you know, what would be shown alongside them. People coming to the work without any knowledge of, of yeah. where you're coming from, like horse-wise, mm-hmm. they might, it might be an interesting thing to They might with read it differently, yeah. Yeah, because they might just read it as a total criticism mm-hmm. of any horse-keeping yeah. bodies. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is something to mm-hmm. be aware of. Because, because that's, that's not... it's something that, like, definitely I'd like to, like, there's other stuff to do with horses that I'd quite like to photograph but something that's been putting me off is like other things that I want to photograph I feel like I have a more definite view on and I don't necessarily want to photograph it then because I don't really see the point in making it very one-sided yeah so I'd quite like to photograph like um like show ponies and and very highly polished like dressage in particular I find really interesting because it sort of has evolved from it's like the dancing horses in the Olympics but it's evolved from uh, moves that were taught for warfare for horses. Oh, I never knew that. Um, How weird. Yeah, so it was controls that were taught for warfare. Um, so Why would it, they dance around in warfare? Well, they were, it, would be, it was more like the so like the, the Spanish riding school is one of the oldest riding schools in, it's in Vienna, even though it's Spanish. Um, <laughs> but they do, they do lots of movements above in the air. So they like they they've got one where the horse jumps up and kicks out its back legs, and they teach them how to do that. But it's very like proper like classical. They're in little uniforms and it's all very like polished and tight and prim. So but that was originally to like kick people in the head. Kick people's heads off in mm. like war and stuff, Fair. or like you know turn around really fast and yeah. all this kind of stuff. 
So that's, and then that's kind of where dress eyes is filtered down from. So that's what it has its roots in, is like, get, like the, the epitome of control of the yeah, horse and yeah. like being able to, to ask it to do things. So I, I'd quite like to photograph that, but then I feel like I would inevitably bring my own, like, I kind of, I'm not into that. Yeah. Because I think it's too much control. You wouldn't be impartial. So I wouldn't yeah. be impartial, and I just, I'm not sure if there'd be any point in Yeah. I don't really want to make a really strong comment on anything, yeah. I just want to look at it. Um, but I do think it would be quite interesting, because they do, like, yeah, even just the way they plait up their manes and tails, mm. and, like, they oil their hooves, and, like, well, that would be shot. quite interesting pairing, like close-ups of the weird plaiting and stuff, because mm. it's this kind of extension of grooming yourself by mm. like presenting a groomed animal. You yeah, know? it's like this weird status thing. Mm. But I guess that might not be. I'm still very much in my brain thinking of the kind of horse girl <laughs> idea. Yeah, well, that's which is that's just, where. Yeah, but that's what that leads into. Like, there is that side of it, that idea of... But that's not the only side of horse keeping, and I've never really seen another Mm. side, so it might be Which I keep forgetting. Yeah. Because for my sort of view of it has always... Like, I think of it as, like, a really good leveller, because a horse will kick you in the face, regardless of who you are. (laughs) Like, it really doesn't matter. Mm. You can still... Like, they don't care. Um, Whereas, yeah, I can see where... I feel like possibly more over here than home. It's it's more of a class thing. I could be wrong. It might just be a time thing because like whenever I was going to riding school, it was like twenty years ago. <laughs> so. Thank you so much for that. That was really interesting. All right. I I'm kind of blown away by the fact that dressage comes from fighting. Like I'm still thinking about all the little prancing, but like mm. with spears and shit. It's more like muskets and stuff. Oh yeah, okay. Swords, probably. Yeah, yeah. No spears is like a few thousand. But that would be like because even that's if I get totally nerdy, like that's basically where warfare came from was like the invention of the stirrup. So before they had stirrups, which is like you know the bits. Yeah, is that not to stop the horse? No, that's um. So before they had those, they would just be riding on like you wouldn't have those. So whenever they developed stirrups and they could use them for balance, it meant they didn't need both their hands and it meant they could throw things oh. and they could stick people with swords. Whereas before, when they didn't have that, they couldn't do that. Maybe like interesting, it would be quite interesting to see pictures of like stirrups and stuff, but then that's mm. also kind of kinky. Have you considered going down the kind of fetish route? Um, I don't really know how to, or like, it's not really <laughs> there my world. There are chat rooms, Zoe. <laughs> not really my world, so I would feel like, like, like almost trying to make it something for, like, sensationalise it, which I'm very aware of, like, I'm not doing that on purpose, but also I don't want to ride on that, if you know what I mean, like, I don't want to... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I don't want to, like... You know, no, kind of yeah, make it super sexy and get get people's but you attention didn't do with that. that. Other people did <laughs> yeah. that. That's the thing. Like, yeah. kind of horse gear and ideas of domestication in that yeah. way, where it's about like harnessing and yeah. that 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 wasn't you. No. <laughs> like someone else. But made it's also that, not really what I'm looking at. So I don't. But know it kind of to... entirely is because it is all about control. It is about power structures, and it's about it's that being horses. sexually. No, yours is about horses, but... This but, is my problem, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to make 
projects about this and it's like oh it's about people and horses and I'm like no it's, it's about horses but calling it control I think <laughs> mm. does kind of open the door to the to the Fifty that's Shades true. of Grey yeah. kind of demographic because mm, that's true for the first time really in a while I guess that kind of um, what's it called um, I don't know the lingo but like the like the bondage stuff BDSM. with like horses and stuff, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Um, that that is all quite prevalent yeah. at the moment. And yeah. I think when you talk about ideas of control in quite a mm. you know liberal Western European society, really they, the only yeah. time people think about control now because they think they're all free and whatever mm. is in the bedroom. So you are gonna inevitably invite some of that by calling anything control. By thinking about power mm. structures, even you're gonna invite. People thinking about power. So in I just a sound like a total like naive <laughs> dipshit to be like, no, that's a lot of horses. It's not like I'm it's, ignoring it's, it. I'm exactly. just not interested in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just something to be conscious of. Yeah, because yeah. um, I think that is something I worry about. Is that people are going like, oh, kinky? I'm like, no, not really. But, but <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it's something to be worried about. I think it's something to maybe harness and consider using mm. as a as a benefit you know you've got an audience there whether you want them or not they yeah. they will be into it yeah. <laughs> uh yeah start up a patreon make them pay for pictures of it i could like make up for like a new name i could do it under a pseudonym yeah have a period. yeah probably pointless to have this promotional podcast <laughs> <laughs> project if you're gonna Release it under like no, I'm not Phil gonna. Banks. I'm not gonna, I'm Wait, not was Phil Banks the guy in? Is that the name of Uncle Phil in uh, Fresh Prince? I think it is. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he came to my brain. Yeah, that, that was your <laughs> good old Uncle Phil. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Finding Focus. Thank you so much to Zoe for agreeing to come for a pint with me and talking about your project, uh, Control. Thanks also to Lawrence Turner for producing the lovely intro and outro music. And finally, just a really big apology (laughs) to everyone for having to listen to that terrible audio quality in the pub. Um, As much as I think it was a nice idea to record these in a pub, the sound issues are just way too uh, troubling for me um so yeah i appreciate everyone bearing with and don't worry uh, lesson learned look forward to talking to you again across the ether uh, with my next interviewee who is erin semple see you then